Cause I got a really big team And they need some really big rings They need some really nice things Better be coming with no strings Better be coming with Good evening my fellow savages Tonight We are already on episode 6 question mark I don't know what episode we're on But it doesn't matter because you're gonna listen No matter what So here we are October 3rd, 2018, week 5 of the NFL is upon us. But first, who do we talk about? My boy, Trevor Story and the Rockies going all the way to Milwaukee. Sorry, Cubs, it just wasn't in the cards for you. See what I did there? Cubs, cards, da-da. I need a sound guy or something to make that happen. Anyways, Rockies advance in what was a stellar game last night. 13 innings of pure bliss, pure nails. My Apple Watch went off about five different times because I think my heart was uh, beating all over the place. But, hey, the Rockies got it done. Trevor Story with the magnificent three-for-six line, and he was hitting the ball hard. Uh, no home runs in that game by either side, but, man, he was hitting the ball hard. Ends up scoring the winning run. And tell you what, I was tired at work, but, man, I was like Jack last night for that game. It would have been miserable if I would have stayed up all night for it and the Cubs would have somehow won that game. But they didn't, and we're not here to talk about baseball. But yay, Trevor Story, yay, Rockies. Can't wait for the game tomorrow night in Milwaukee. All right, so we'll lead it off with uh, free agency or fab or who's out there, who are you looking at, and really not a lot this week. Um, Packers guy, the law form, Valdez Scalde, or I'm pronouncing it wrong, but uh, just look for the Valdez guy in Green Bay. Uh, Valdez Scantling, and that's... Probably the hot pickup. Nobody knows if uh, Geronimo is going to play or if Randall Cobb is going to play. If by some chance both of those guys are out, Valdez is the guy you want there. Um, I wouldn't get too buck wild on him as far as your budget. You know, maybe seven, eight percent of your budget. I wouldn't go too wild unless you're really hurting at wide receiver, which some of you might be. You know, if you don't have one of the elite guys, you're just playing mid tier guys. Like you know, a guy like Chris Hogan is. Probably killed you, Jarvis Landry. Uh, unbeknownst to me, had a little, had a little bit of, a, of an off week uh, for his standards. That whole Raiders Browns game was kind of a mess. It what the points were there, you know, the total of eighty points combined was there, but it just was kind of a weird game as far as fantasy production. Unless you had Jared Cook, and somehow if you had Nick Chubb, who had three carries for about one thousand yards and two touchdowns. Um, There really wasn't a lot of free agency or a lot of uh, scoring in that from the normal suspects. So at any rate, uh, welcome back Julian Edelman this week. He is going to provide a big bump to the Patriots offense, which was basically ran into the ground last week. So if somehow Sonny Michael or, uh, or Sonny Michelle or uh, James Wetter out there, obviously you want him, but they're probably scooped up in your league. So what do you think of that timeshare? Well, personally, I think it is a timeshare, and it's going to just be dependent on game flow. A lot like last year, if the Patriots are up early or up late, you're going to see a lot more Sonny Michelle, and that's what happened. James White's going to get him to the promised land, and once they're there, well, then Sonny Michelle's just going to grind the clock, and that happened. Uh, the Dolphins kind of laid down for the Patriots. They are who we thought they were. Good job beating up Oakland a few weeks ago. Way to go. So that game was kind of out of control. Um, yeah, once again, free agency. Not a lot really going on this week. Um, obviously, Chubb is a guy. I, I don't know. They they say they're going to get him balls. They're going to get him more involved. So you know what that means. He's going to get four carries now this week. So 
you can't really trust anything Hugh Jackson tells the media or as a play caller, you can't really trust Hugh Jackson in general because for some reason uh, Jarvis Landry disappeared against a god-awful Oakland secondary. Uh, talk about a trade I made today in one of my leagues. Actually, I made two trades today. It was kind of a weird day. I don't usually get offered trades. I think people typically steer away from me just because they probably think I'm trying to pull one over on them. Maybe, I don't know, because I've spent a lot of time studying fantasy football. So maybe they always think I'm there's something bigger than what's actually there. Typically, there's not. I mean, I know a guy that I've been trying to get for a long time. And I just can never get him as Corey Davis. Um, he's been really awesome this year. Numbers aren't there, but he's has he has like a 30% target share in that offense, which is like up there with Antonio Brown and uh, Michael Thomas and some of those other elite guys. So he's a guy that I've been trying to get, trying to trade for. You know, he's a guy you might you might be able to swindle somebody out of. You know, I wouldn't. Somebody came to me with the right offer for him. I mean, he has played for the Titans. It's not like that's a juggernaut offense. Um, so Corey Davis is a guy I love a lot and. He was a guy that was traded for in a kind of an awkward trade that didn't involve me, but he was part of a bigger deal in one of the leagues I was in. Um, but let's talk about the trades that I made today. So the trades that I made today is I ended up trading Jordan Howard and uh, basically it was Jordan Howard for Matt Bright. Jordan Howard, I can't think of my other receiver. But the other side of it was uh, T.Y. Hilton and Matt Brida. Um I don't... Jordan Howard, obviously, is a good time to try to get him right now because of his miserable week last week. And, man, was I way off on the Bears and Tariq Cohen. But that's a story for a different day. So Jordan Howard is a guy that I figured, well, you know, I'm going to try to move him while I can. Um, oh, I know who it was. It was Jordan Howard and uh, Jarvis Landry who are coming off of down weeks for T.Y. Hilton and Matt Bright. And now T.Y. Hilton's out this week, but that doesn't really bother me. I'm fairly deep at wide receiver, so it's not like I needed him this week. Um I can I can definitely handle him playing on a short week, taking the week off, you know, and then going uh, going next week. So I'm okay with that. Ty Hilton, I, it's nothing I needed uh, this week, so perfectly fine with that trade, even though he is injured. <clears throat> so I felt that was pretty fair. Matt Bright, I believe it or not, is the third highest rusher in the NFL right now. Um, I don't believe that. I don't know. He was go he went into last week hurt. Somehow they hung out with the Chargers. I don't know how that happened either. But the NFL has been wild this year. Um, so anyways, I feel that's a pretty fair, pretty fair deal. Nobody really got one over on the other person. Um, the other trade I made today was, um, Mark Ingram and Devontae Parker for my Philip Lindsay and David and Joku. As far as that goes, I feel that's a pretty fair trade too. The guy needed running back help and Philip Lindsay was just rotting away on my bench for this particular reason to trade him. I didn't have any vested interest in his skill set, I've told you that, guys. I've told you guys that before. I don't think he's anything special. Him and Royce do split the volume there. Uh, Royce did get in the did get in the box this week. Lindsey didn't, but the volume's there for either one. Um, I really wanted Mark Ingram because I have Kamara in that league, and I felt that if I was going to really win that league, I didn't want somebody else to have Ingram while Kamara you know, if Kamara were to get hurt or something like that. Now, I don't think this is going to be like 2017 where you can play both of them at the same time and it's viable. I think this is going to be still going to be Kamara's offense. Um, I think that obviously Drew Brees is the guy that's going to be making the plays. And I, th I think you're going to see Mark Ingram spell Kamara a little bit more. 
then you are going to see what we did last year where either one of them can go off in a given week um, where Kamara's maybe in there on passing and Ingram's more there on first and second down. I don't think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see more Alvin Kamara and they're going to ride him a little bit more. He's younger. He's quicker. The guy just, if you ever watch him, he, he just seems like he's always falling ahead or he knows how to fall or he avoids a big hit. And that's something that, you know, he can't really be taught. That's just talent right there. And knowing how to take a hit is a lot in the NFL and knowing, you know, getting hit is a lot in the NFL. And Kamara seems to do pretty well with that. Uh, so he did get, so the other part of this was Devonte Parker, who I absolutely despise. Um, I took him on for David Njoku because I, I love David Njoku. I think with Baker behind, you know, behind center, they're going to be a lot better. But Devonte Parker was a guy that, I, man, does he flash and maybe he can get his life together. Maybe he can get his shit figured out. But this guy needs to be on the field. And I, I think a lot of it is just Adam Gase. And you see what Adam Gase, who is the head coach of the Dolphins, what, you see, what you're seeing with Kenny and Drake and last week, how they, you know, they're down by 10 million points to Patriots and Frank Gore's on the field. Frank Gore is just in the league to make, probably get a rushing record that's obscure. You know, like oldest guy to fall over the three-yard line with his dick out. I don't know what they're going for with this guy. I mean, Frank Gore's had a great career. I don't personally don't think he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe he will. But, I mean, and he was a guy that always grinded it out, and he, he's a very gritty runner, and I give him respect for that. But come on, Frank Gore, get out the league. There's no no point for you anymore in this league. And it's, it's not that it's passed you by. Much like Adrian Peterson, you're just too old for it. Yeah, you're going to have days like AP did where you go for 138 and two touchdowns, but that's not sustainable. Same with Frank Gore. You you may have a good game left in you, but it's not that sustainable. So Adam Gase is the problem with this, and I don't know. Maybe they get Devontae Parker out there. Maybe they don't. Uh, it's a chance I'm willing to take. I The biggest part of that trade for me was Mark Ingram, and I just think it makes a lot of sense for me personally because of Kamara, and I'm not – you know, Mark Ingram probably isn't going to see the light of day because I also have Saquon Barkley in that league, and – I'm just not going to give up a guy who's going to catch the ball and who can run the ball like uh, Saquon can. Now, if they could do something with Eli, and I've I've been defending Eli long enough, but they need to do something with this guy, and they got to get rid of him. Um, speaking of Eli, if you don't have Sterling Shepard, that guy got just peppered with targets, and I kind of figured he would, and he just got hit. hit oh, I think he had like ten catches. You know, damn near 100, or just a little over 100 yards. So he went he went wild last week. I kind of predict that. I thought Red Elson would be a little bit more involved with Ingram being out, but it's clearly going to be Sterling Shepard because OBJ is demanding demanding all the all the attention over there. Uh, speaking of guys that demand attention, um, I want to talk about three different receivers and kind of their counterparts. Um, Antonio Brown, we know he's one of the greatest fantasy players ever. He's one of the greatest reality players ever. Julio Jones, uh, one of the greater, re- probably top receiver in the NFL. You can make an argument for him and Brown. Um, Fantasy-wise, yeah, his numbers are there. He just doesn't get the touchdowns you would like to see, but that's fine. He's getting the volume. It's going to happen. And then the other guy is A.J. Green. Um, so what do all three of these guys have in common? Well, you can put them in the argument that they're all top five receivers. I mean, you can put them in any order. I wouldn't argue with that. I'd probably argue with A.J. Green at one. But I, I would I would listen to your argument. But they all have legitimate studs next to them. Uh, AJ Green and Tyler Boyd, 
Antonio Brown and Juju, and then you've got Julio and Calvin Ridley. So I think what you're seeing here is that these number one receivers are demanding a lot more attention, and it's allowing these guys that are secondary receivers, you know, like Tyler Boyd and Sterling Shepard and Calvin Ridley and Juju Smith to work underneath and be open on far inferior corners. And as we know in the NFL, you certainly can't tackle anybody. You certainly can't defend a pass in the NFL. So that's leaving a lot of these guys, you know, with one-on-one coverage, and they're really taking advantage of it. Uh, nobody more than probably Kelvin Ridley right now. He's just been on fire. And last week, two more times in the end zone. I don't know how many, you know, what it's going to take. But now you, what you're going to see is that coverage can't just be rolled to the one or the alpha male receiver. It can't be. It can't be rolled to just OBJ because then they're going to kill you with Sterling Shepard. That's a terrible example because Eli sucks, but. Take Pittsburgh, for example. You can't just cover Antonio Brown anymore and, and hope a guy like, you know, Darius Hayward Bay drops the ball. No, it's they've upgraded that to Juju Smith and even James Washington. In Atlanta, you've got, you know, Calvin Ridley and even Mohamed Sanu is still not a scrub. So, I mean, just be aware of stuff like that, that that's really going on in the NFL. You know, Tyler Boyd's another guy that they can't just sing, they can't just – um, they can't just single or they can't double AJ Green anymore. So you got to watch these kind of players because they can go off just as much as the number one receiver, or the lead dog in those offenses. Um, transitioning a little bit to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I told you it was coming. I hope you guys knew that, trusted that. Uh, that Bears game was absolute monster. It ex- the week of that, they're Trubisky and. Everybody else under the bus, of course, they're gonna they're gonna put up forty plus points in that game. But kind of kind of wild that kind of a wild game. Nobody expected Trubisky to throw for six touchdowns, and guys were running wide ass open along the field. I don't know what the hell the Bucks were doing. Trey Burton, his touchdown. I mean, there was nobody within twenty yards of that, and it was just absolutely wild. Um, Taylor Gabriel, another guy we talked about last week, because Anthony Miller was hurt. Had a really good game. I wish I would have played him in DFS, but I'm not going to bitch about my DFS week. Uh, and the second half of this show, we'll talk about DFS. And had a couple of you guys reach out to me wondering, you know, what what contest should I play? And that's just as important as, you know, your lineup structure and everything like that. But, <clears throat> yeah, Fitz Magic is officially over. The best uh, Magic act he did all week was Disappear. I mean, that guy just went straight David Blaine on us. We're, we probably won't hear from again until Jameis somehow screws it up. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of the kind of the rundown with the seasonal stuff. Um, free agency, like I said, not a lot going on. Um, you know, be careful of a guy like Josh Gordon who's just been absolutely murdering me in one of my leagues, and it's my own fault for drafting him. I took the bait. I thought, oh, this is going to be the year, Josh Gordon, and – even though he's been playing with the Patriots, I mean, he only played like 22% of the snaps last week in a blowout. You would think they'd at least have them him out there running routes when they're kicking that ass, but nope, only 22% of the snaps, so there you go. I mean, that's something to watch for. You know, speaking of snap percentages and James White and, uh, well, let's see, Sonny Michelle. James White at 49 and Sonny Michelle at 41, so, I mean, it's a pretty damn even split there. Uh, Gronk got hurt in that game, so you know Gronk gets hurt in every game. But I think they kind of knew once they were up 38 buff, they were like, "Well, let's just rest Gronk. We play on Thursday night football. We get Julian Edelman back, which will be just what the Patriots need to do is get better uh, offensively." But it is what it is. Everybody should have known it was coming. 
Um, Gronk, you know, you know, this is this is the Gronk you get. Uh, you know, week one he comes shot out of a cannon. You haven't heard from him since. And now this week on Thursday Night Football, national TV game with Julian Edelman back, you'll hear all sorts of Gronk. This will be the week he goes off. I, I guarantee you that. Um, but that offense really needed Julian Edelman. It, I was surprised that Chris Hogan couldn't carry the load there. He just he's a guy too that thrives off of you know Julian Edelman being there. And I think what you'll see now is you'll actually see Chris Hogan do a little bit better because once again Edelman takes that you know takes that number one corner out of the out of the way, um, and then they've got Gronk, and now that leaves Chris Hogan open. So I would just pump the brakes a little bit on the Philip Dorsett and Cordell Patterson talk. So, okay, we're coming up to our break here. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk primarily DFS. So if that's more your thing and you want to understand a little bit more game theory because I don't feel that that's talked about enough, we're going to do that right after the jump. I'm going to take a drink of water. I will be back. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more DFS on the second half of this. I don't know if it interests you guys or not, but it's my favorite thing, and it, it carries over so well this seasonal, in my opinion, because you're forced to look at a guy in his matchups, even though it's a guy you typically wouldn't look at, you know. but you're looking at his salary, and it's a guy you probably wouldn't play in seasonal, for example. You're not typically aren't rolling out Taylor Gabriel, but if you play him, you kind of understand now and in daily why you would play a guy like that and uh, what, you know, the sense that it makes from a salary cap standpoint only. Probably not playing him in seasonal, but there's re there's methods to the madness. You know that Anthony Miller's out. So if you know that in daily, maybe it does carry over to seasonal saying, hey, look, you know, I'm really desperate at wide receiver. I know Anthony Miller's out. Um, he's a play that maybe is going to be out there. But anyways, um, I just kind of want to look at, you know, what some of my friends who played and what they what they kind of did wrong this week, jumping back into it. One of the things that I thought that they, they both did this is that the slate selection, uh, actually there was about three or four people I would message this week about DFS who were kind of interested in it. And one of the things that I noticed that was common amongst over half of them was slate selection. Um, what I mean by that is, when you're looking at DFS, you really, in my opinion, now it varies from people to people, but what I've had the most luck in is really narrowing down a, the amount of games that you're possibly collecting data on. And I hope that makes sense because, um, for example, a couple of you played Thursday through um, Monday, and, and that's fine. You can play those slates. But it's a lot of data to take in from the standpoint that it's just a lot more games to look at and to think about. Yeah, now I know the Rams and Vikings game popped off. But typically, you're not going to play a Thursday night game no matter what. And what you see in a lot of those contests is you see a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but you see some of the field, they'll just basically stack that first Thursday night game so they can impress their girlfriend or wife or boyfriend or husband or whatever they're getting into about how they're in first place after Thursday night's game. Well, yeah, you have 25 player minutes remaining, and you've stacked up one game. Um, it's all great in theory <clears throat> to do that, but realistically it never pans out. 
So what I what do I mean by paring down the gains? Well, most most slates on DraftKings consists of a a one game big prize pool or GPP, like we talked last week, called Showdown. And what Showdown is is basically that one game. So for example, tomorrow you've got Indianapolis and New England. So it's just players from that particular game. I wouldn't recommend playing a Thursday through Sunday slate. I wouldn't recommend playing a Thursday through Monday slate. If you're going to play Thursday and you need the run, and I need the run, I like playing it um, because it helps me learn about every single player on the roster. So when I come to play seasonal, I have a big advantage because I'm looking at guys that you've never even heard of. And how do I know these guys? Well, a lot of it is just based on their pricing on DraftKings. I know I need to try to fit in a Philip Dorsett um, because of the pricing where you're probably not even thinking of Phillip, picking up Philip Dorsett in seasonal. You know, how many of you guys out there are thinking of Ryan Grant right now? Has anybody thought about that? When I was drafting, did anybody think of Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins? Well, no. But how did I know about those guys? Because I played preseason DFS, and I'm trying to put these guys in a lineup. I'm reading news articles saying, yep, Naheem Hines might get a long look. <clears throat> so I, so seasonal or daily translates to seasonal more than you guys realize. You're looking at guys that are not on the radar. Anyways, so on Thursday night, if you want to play that game, play showdown only. It's players from that game. You can play a kicker and you can play a defense. I wouldn't recommend spending a ton of money on it because it's as gambling as gambling can get in DFS. There's really no advantage. You're trying to pick out a guy that nobody's heard of. You know, you want the Dwayne Allens of the world to catch a touchdown because hopefully nobody's picked Dwayne Allen and you get you guessed right. That's the kind of stuff. You know that you wanna that you wanna see. <clears throat> um, so if you're gonna play Thursday night DFS, only play showdown, play light, play the twenty entry max or the three entry max. You can put one lineup into the ten dollar showdown grand prize, five hundred thousand million dollar winner, but do not put a bunch of lineups into that. Just like the millionaire maker, you are not going to win it. Okay. Just get that through your head. Put one in there because, hey, maybe you do have, maybe you get lucky and it, it hits, but chances are you're not going to win it. So if you're playing DFS and you want to play tomorrow, play only showdown. Do not play Thursday through Sunday or Thursday through Monday because it's just that many more games of data that you've got to sort through. Your advantage is going to come by looking at maybe two or three games looking at the players in those two or three games while everybody else is trying to think, oh yeah, God, I, I better try to I better try to fit into Chad Williams in this Arizona game because he scored last week. No, don't do that. You want to look at game total game totals, implied totals of each side. So for example, a good tool that I use is a site and maybe some of you guys use it and I'm probably not telling you anything you don't already know. But a site I like to use is Roto Grinders, at least for their starting lineup standpoints. For lineup advice, they're okay, they're not bad, but I do like to look at their starting lineups page because it tells you that, for example, we're going to take the highest total of the, the weekend. Right now, they're saying that the Falcons and Steelers, the over-under combined score of that game is 58 points, okay? So what that tells me, when I see a number of 58 I want to get as many players from that game as I can possibly get. Now, you, you're not going to be able to get them all because DraftKings knows that, you know, their logarithm can tell you that, hey, look, 
the players in this game are ultra expensive, and they are ultra expensive. So you're not going to be able to fit, you know, a Matt Ryan, a Devontae Freeman, who, yes, is playing, by the way, a Julio Jones, a Calvin Ridley, James Conner, Antonio Brown, and Juju Smith-Schuster. You're not going to be able to fit that, make that lineup work, okay? So you do have to look outside that game. But what you do want to do is you want to take a guy like, you know, Matt Ryan, who's been bumped up to 6.6K, and you maybe want to pair him with a Calvin Ridley again, who's 5.8. You know, I, I have this theory where I think, okay, it's been a couple Calvin Ridley, Ridley weeks. Now we're ready for that Julio Jones week. We're ready for that Antonio Brown week where they just go off. That could be this week. Um, so that's where I start. So when I'm, when I'm making my lineups on uh, Saturday night, I'm starting with the Atlanta Falcons and the Steelers. Now, like I said, I'm not going to be able to get everybody in there. But if I started with a Matt Ryan and a Calvin Ridley and I ran it back with a James Conner and Antonio Brown, that's a pretty damn good start to my day. Okay? So I'll be looking heavily at that game. I cannot stress to you enough that you must look at the the Vegas totals of whether the score is going to be over a certain number or under a certain number. Okay, that number in it, Pittsburgh and Atlanta, once again, is 58. So when you go and build your lineups, start with that game. All right, then look down the list. So what do we have next? The next highest total, and I'm not surprised by this, are the Raiders and the Chargers, okay? So what Roto-Grinders is telling me, and this is the last time I'm saying their name, what Roto-Grinders.com is telling me is that the Raiders have an implied team total of 24 points and the Chargers have an implied team total of 29 points. So what does that mean? That means the ex- that the Chargers are expected to score, at minimum, four touchdowns. Okay, That's expected to score. It's, that doesn't mean it's going to happen, but they're expected to score four touchdowns. Okay, The Raiders are expected to score three touchdowns. So if I'm gonna, so what I want to do is I want to start with the Falcons and Steelers. Then I'm gonna look at the Raiders and Chargers for for secondary pieces. You know, maybe maybe you can go, you know, James Conner who's relatively cheap and Melvin Gordon who's relatively expensive. Or maybe you can go, you know, Keenan Allen and um, uh, Calvin Ridley. Maybe you can start there. So what you want to do next is look at that high total. What you don't want to do is look at a game like the Titans and the Bills. So once again, it's a lot of data to take in. While, while the amateur players or people that are new to it are being like, oh man, I think the Titans' defense is really going to kill the Bills. Well, that's great. that That's going to happen. But you don't want to run into a trap where you think that, hey, look, I've only got 5.4K left. Uh, I'm going to get Deion Lewis in there. No, don't do that. Deion Lewis... You know, the Titans are only expected to score 21.25. So once again, three touchdowns in that game. But where are they going to likely come from? Are they going to come from Deion Lewis? Eh, maybe. I bet you Derrick Henry probably gets one if there is one. Corey Davis that we talked about early probably gets one. So there's two. Sam Mariota gets one with his legs. There's your three. Does that sound like anything that you really want to invest too heavily in? I certainly don't. You do want to invest in guys that are likely to get into the end zone. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But with a game total of, you know, 39, which is one of the lowest totals I've seen in a long time, don't take guys from the Bills and Titans unless you absolutely have to. I don't have a problem with you getting the Titans defense. I personally would never pay up for a defense. 
That's just how I roll. Um, last week, the Bears were so painfully obvious that you just had to play the Bears at home against Tampa Bay. But, you know, speaking of defenses, what I'll do is I'll usually look for a – you want a low – you know, you don't want a super low total, but you want something in the mid-40s um, because getting stops and banking on just holding an opponent is any good. You want sacks and picks, and you want, you know, pick sixes and all that stuff. So you want it, you know, you want a team playing from behind basically is what you want because with that – they have to throw, so you're looking at interceptions, and they and you're looking at sacks because they have to pass. Um, like John Madden said, when you pass, three things happen, and two of them are bad, right? Just remember that when you're selecting a defense. Take the home team and take somebody relatively cheap. Um, low totals aren't necessarily great great things for defense, but you know you don't want to roll out. You know, like we talked about the Steelers and the Falcons, you're not rolling out those defenses because they're not getting sacks. Chances of them getting picks are slim to none. So just be aware. So those are the two things that I look at before I even dive in. Game total, expected total, and how much is each team expected to score. So your higher ones for the week, Falcons and Steelers, Raiders, Chargers, Packers and Lions have a total of 51, and the Rams and the Seahawks have a total of 50. That's primarily because of the Rams. Uh, the Rams are expected to score 28. Seahawks are expected to score 21. Um, reason that is because Seattle is going to be playing from behind. We all know that. But Russell Wilson's really, really cheap. I don't know if I'd condone it, but he's only 5000 So if you do want a cheap quarterback, that's maybe somewhere to look. You know, like last week I talked about, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, like last week I talked about Baker Mayfield and how he was going to be a lock. Well, at towards kickoff, about a half hour, an hour beforehand, I kind of, or maybe it was two hours, but it was probably two or three hours beforehand, really. Um, I looked at the Browns, and they were only implied to score 20 points total, um, which 20 can be deceiving, right? Because you figure if they score touchdowns, well, it's really only two touchdowns, and that's two field goals. You know, Even though it's 20, you might think, well, God, they can get three touchdowns. Well, no, it's two touchdowns. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so where are those two touchdowns coming from? Well, Carlos Hyde, pretty good chance he's going to score. Um, obviously, nobody predicted – Nick Chubb to do what he did, and we didn't predict the game to go the way it did. But that's why I ultimately got off of Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry is because I just didn't feel there was enough points in that situation. So something to think about there when you're looking at this is don't only go to roster watch and be like, wow, this guy's got 220 odds, negative 220 to score. Well, right, they're only expected to score 20 points, so is he going to be a part of that? If he's negative 220, yeah, he's going to be a part of that. Um, so start your research there. Look at game totals, look at implied totals. Once again, that can be found on, I know I wouldn't say it, but here you are, rotogrinders.com. You can find it there under starting lineups. Um, so that's, that's probably my biggest piece of advice is look at the game totals and target players from their games. Um, if you want to play what I, in my, my biggest slate where most of my profits come from is, is what I do is I play the Sunday what's called the main slate. So basically it's the 12 o'clock games up until Sunday night football games. So it's basically the noon games and the three o'clock games all combined in one slate. Uh, DraftKings does offer an early only, which is only the noon games. I, I don't mind playing that slate because there is, you know, typically seven to eight games. One of the slates I don't like to play. Um, and one of my friends will tell you different is I don't like to play the late only because usually it's only three it's only three games. Sometimes it's two games, and there's really it's really tough to gain an advantage 
excuse me, because a lot of the guys have the same players. For example, you know, this week the the late only slate is going to be um, the Rams and the Seahawks. Well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get, you know, it's Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, Niners, Vikings, Eagles, um, and then Raiders and Chargers. So most of your production is gonna come out of that Rams game. You know, everybody's gonna load up on the Rams, especially after last week. So you're going to have a lot of the same lineups, and I don't really like playing in slates where people have a lot of the same lineups. That's not to say it doesn't happen, but it does. So just be aware of stuff like that. You know, I, I like to play, like I said, early only on DraftKings, and I like to play um, the the main slate. That's where I spend a majority of my money. On Sunday night football, I play showdown. On Monday night football, I play strictly showdown. I don't try to get every single game in because, remember, if everybody's trying to look at all this data and all these games, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice because it's so much more you have to take in. Just look at the higher point totals to start with. And then if you need a guy, you know, if you need a guy to fit the salary cap, say you've got, you know, 4,000 left and you need a guy to fit the salary cap, then you want to start looking at other games. But only if you need the guy to fit the salary cap. You know, don't, don't start, you know, say you're a say you're a Panthers fan and that if you're looking at the Panthers, that game total is only forty four. Well don't go in there and start sacking Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey and Devin Funches. Yeah, I mean there's a chance it could go off, but that's a game I just won't even look at to start it. I w I won't even bother with that game unless I'm specifically looking for a certain matchup. Like if I see that touchdown odds of Saquon Barkley is over two hundred or negative two hundred yeah, I'll probably go Saquon Barkley, but that's just a game I'm really not looking to have a lot of a lot of players from because of the total. Broncos and Jets. You would think the Broncos would kill the Jets. Actually, the Jets are favored in this game for some reason as of tonight, but I'm not looking at players from that game. I'm not looking at Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay and um, Emmanuel Sanders, although Emmanuel Sanders, he's kind of expensive. Demarius Thomas is pretty cheap, so that's not probably wouldn't be the worst play. But I'm not looking at players for these games just based on the total of amount that they're going to score. You know, Denver is going to score 20.75 as their implied total. Once again, don't look at the 20. Look at how many touchdowns are in that 20. Two. They're going to they're expected to score two touchdowns. Well, who gets them? I would say a running back and maybe Sanders or Thomas. That's who you want to bank on. Not me. So I hope that makes a little bit sense of what I look for when I start. I just look at totals and I look at implied totals for each team. I want to know who's going to score what. For example, the Giants have an implied total of 18.5. That is horrible. Okay, that is very, very low and very bad. Um, you compare it to that Buffalo game where Buffalo's projected to score 17 points. I mean, come on, you're not playing players from that game unless you absolutely have to. So just look at those things, and it'll make you a better DFS player. Um, that should be about it for tonight. I don't really have much more to add to the DFS talk. Once again, you can find me at on Twitter at the Levi Surf. Now, if you have questions, don't hesitate to hit me up via text if you've got my number or via Twitter. I can help out either way. Uh, good night wherever you are. I am Levi, and I am out. Cause I got a really big team, and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with.